0: Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. We're continuing on with part two of negotiating with one buyer or one bidder. Jason, a very uh, topical topic for the marketplace as it currently stands at the moment, regardless of where you are, because it seems to be that that's mostly the interest that we absolutely have. And in our last podcast, we went through, as it was coined by you, the journey of discovery, so to speak, of that offer and finding out what exactly it really was in order to, you know, make sure that you have the appropriate amount of information in order to make an accurate decision about how we're going to respond to the offer because you know one of the things that we did mention and the thing that i'm going to reiterate again is that that knee-jerk reaction just to send out a counter offer is absolutely horrifying negotiation in every way shape and form you know again still very confused even in a traditional transaction how with only one person interested in the property that you can create the leverage without that date that you are negotiating too but getting back on track in the sense that we've spoken about you know what's the conversation with that individual person whether or not it's a best and final how do they arrive at the price they give you relevant comps that they're using and whether or not they are relevant or they are irrelevant then we can still use those for educational purposes with the seller when it comes to this first conversation with that offer, Jason, considering that they're the only interested party on the property before auction or on auction day, it's very important to be delicate with it, but at the same point in time, not to show that desperation. What's the next step after you've found out whether or not it's a best and final um, or whether it's a starting offer? What Because we've got the appropriate pathways that we can go down. If it's a best and final, um, then we need to know where that offer stands in comparison to what the seller wants. In order to then use it as an educational offer or whether or not it is a buyer that we can actually see some leverage upwards and a possible sale before auction day through appropriate leverage or getting them registered to bid
1: on auction day. I think either way, Ben, it's a it's a similar approach initially with the seller for me in the, in the first conversation as far as the conversation around the offer itself. If we solidify that that buyer is legitimate and they uh, are Approved and they're really interested in the property. All of these kinds of things. They're not a flaky buyer, if you will. Mm. Um, my conversation with the seller is very, very simple, just around the basics of the offer, and then just leaving it at a full stop on that, just to get the seller's reaction now. Just, yeah. Just like I poke and prod with the the buyer as far as what's your circumstance, what have you looked at, have you placed other offers on other properties? You know, tell me a little bit more. You know, what's your time frame? Um, all, all of these kinds of things with the buyer. I kind of now put that a little bit on the seller as far as well. Hey. This is the offer. Now, What's now, your reaction?
0: The, now, the other thing that I need to ask as well, mate, is because I certainly know from my experience with an offer is that all of this is very circumstantial, based on the fact of that, um, you know, the the seller's expectation meeting that you have with the listing agent prior to the property going live. That's where we set the seller's expectation, the public price, the twenty four hour price, you know, the the feedback level, and then also the goal offers that we're trying to achieve. Your reaction to that offer is ultimately going to be guided most of the time through those individual categories. And, you know, whether or not it is below feedback or whether it is above feedback is a, is actually, you know, an interpretation of, of where does that stand in respect to your goal offers? Where do they stand in respect to where does this offer stand? There's a lot more that goes into the placing of this negotiation, guys, than simply just a knee-jerk reaction of, is this the best and final, or is this a starting offer Mr. Buyer or Mr. Buyer's agent? You know, there's a lot of things that need to go into it beforehand, and the thing that we recommended just and a lot of things
1: we know subconsciously. Sorry, oh, subconsciously,
0: no, no, that's fine, but, but it is, and, and one of the mistakes that you and I lead into the in, in into the realm of is because of the volumes of deals that we've done or are doing being yourself is that we seem to think that this is second nature to other people and we we tend to probably not be situationally aware that they're not they don't know where to go to next okay so again I think that it's an important part of this is to understand that we have to assess that offer and again guys to reiterate not be a broken record is that if you're not involving Jason into these transactions I believe that it's very poor negotiation not to have that third party in place and even if it isn't jason it's somebody in your office that you can trust but it needs to be jason and you need to be conferencing into those phone calls in order to you know learn from those negotiation tactics because simply sending a counter offer out in 99 percent of situations is incredibly poor and lazy negotiations where you could blow up the offer you've got to remember also folks the thing i need to allow you to wrap your head around in these negotiations as well, is that whilst you might only have the uh, one buyer interested at the moment, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be more later on. And remember what auction actually allows you to do. It allows your sellers to be human beings and make mistakes. So in a traditional real estate transaction where there's a list price and it's normal listing, is that when an offer comes in, regardless whether it's good or bad, the seller's going to obviously send that counter out or you're going to allow them to send that counter out. It'll be too high. Or even if it's not, not too high, it's a knee-jerk reaction that doesn't the buyer doesn't like and it's not on their terms. So that buyer walks away and they're likely to buy something else or put an offer in on something else within 48 hours of that rejection. Now leading back to auction and why it's so effective is because you get the opportunity to allow your sellers to be human beings and allow you to make mistakes and carry that offer all the way through. It might be a no now but it's not a no later on Mr. Buyer or Buyer's agents and holding that offer all the way to that appropriate date date because it could be the best that you actually see
1: versus a buyer walking away and getting frustrated. I think a key thing just to draw back back there that you mentioned there, Ben, is as soon as you know you were to send a rejection, so to speak, or reject that offer in one way or the other, that buyer then goes. And as you say, 48 hours later, they've no doubt put an offer on one, two, multiple other properties. The, the, the key that we're doing here is we're holding that interest. We're not rejecting, we're not pushing that buyer to another property. We're keeping them involved in this home. You know, we're not saying, no, that's a silly offer or that's a great offer, but my seller's still saying, we're still saying, hey guys, you know, we think that you've got potential to be the buyer for this particular property, so we we, we want to work with you here. However, we need to do this, 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 okay? Mm-hmm. and so and, and that's on us, buyer, or that's on you or, or whatever it might be, okay? But we're not... So there's always this door that's open for the buyer. So The buyer never truly rules it out. There's always a conversation when that buyer is speaking with their agent or whatever it might be about this home. That's what we want is then keep revisiting this property. And not to mention as well as the language is important there, Jason, using
0: language such as when you're speaking to the buyer's agent or the buyer is that, hey, guys, it is a no now, but it might not be a no later on or, or, or giving them an understanding as well at the beginning, even if you haven't spoken to your sellers. Hey, guys, I want you to understand it's only been on the marketplace probably about six or seven days and the seller I believe is not going to want to really strongly consider an offer regardless of whether yours is strong or it isn't prior to actually seeing more of the marketplace and I hope you can appreciate that but I need you to read between the lines here Mr. Buyer or Mr. Buyer's agent is that they might say no now but they probably after some consideration in the marketplace that if you were to bid this on auction day they're probably likely to give it serious consideration because they are reasonable people looking to listen listen to the market marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to really give them the opportunity to understand that your seller is open to the education of the marketplace as well. People often think that negotiating with one buyer or one bidder or whatever it may be, you need to actually show strength or you need to, need to not tell them to, you know, you need to not tell them to go away in order to take it away from them and all these absolute cliches when they are absolutely not the truth at all. Mm. so I think that there there's some, some pointers in its essence but getting back to where we were is we've gone on the discovery journey or the journey of discovery to coin Jason's phrase yet again is that we've found out whether or not it's a best and final we've found out their position we've gotten them on side in the sense that hey I need you to understand that I need to go and present this to the sellers that it's a little bit early on in the process or even if it's not early on the process you can, you can still say to them is that hey I've got to get them to understand um, where your offer is in comparison to where feedback has been you've got to give me some time with this. I know you've got a 24-hour response time on that offer. That's likely not going to work for us. Is there some flexibility in that? And if they say no, they're not your buyer guys. They really are not if they're trying to draw lines in the sand. They're not emotionally connected to the home and not going to pay the
1: most amount of money. I think just to add to that as well, you know, don't don't be fearful of the agent saying no Correct. Um, because then they go and have a conversation with the buyer and, and it's just the agent saying no Correct. just for the sake of they think that that's what um, you know, they need to say on behalf of their client and it not actually been the reality. Their buyer is still interested. Their buyer wrote an offer. Therefore, they have some level of engagement and commitment to this particular property. So, so you know, with those kinds of things, don't be, you know, don't push the panic button, so to speak, if someone says, oh, well, no, I'm not going to do that. See you later. Okay? Yeah, correct. Great. No worries. Look, well we're still here if you need us because, you know, we need to do X, Y, Z. Yep.
0: Now, now, leaving a seller conversation out of it, because that's for another day and another podcast and mm-hmm. another everything, is that the second conversation that you would go back to that buyer or buyer's agent after they presented that first offer, and you've, you've gone to your sellers and made the recommendation not to put a counter offer out because it would display where their hand is, not to mention as well as that it is a counterproductive exercise when it comes to auction without a ceiling and negotiating upwards. You know, that second conversation with the buyer or the buyers Agent, you know it could be a little. There could be a touch of friction there because, in essence, you're kind of telling them that you're not going to be providing a counter offer. Another key point in all of this, guys, I want you to notice in that first conversation that Jason has had or I have had with that buyer slash buyer's agent, we haven't said to him, "Well, with auctions, we don't send out counters." I believe that that is an incredibly Inefficient way to get the conversation in a direction that you would ideally like it to go. Mentioning that we don't send counteroffers out just pisses people off, for lack of better terminology. And I think that that is absolute laziness on your perspective if you say that. Not to mention, it's laziness. If you do a counteroffer, you're taking the path of least resistance, where you're trying to either blame the process, or you're try- or you're trying to, you know, just simply stick to easy ways of of path of least resistance with a counteroffer.
1: No, no, and I appreciate the frustrations that you articulate there, Ben. The blunt nature, because. Um, you know, I think that our agents just need to be a little bit more clever than that. You know, it's that's it's as simple as that. We need to have some minimum standards as far as how we negotiate: traditional sale, standard sale, or, or auction. You know, you, you, what's wrong with with being clever and being dynamic and asking questions as opposed to yeah. just you know giving out answers? Be it yes, here's the counter, or be that's, it that's no, a good I'm not point. countering.
0: That's a good point. Why can't we ask more questions
1: rather than just simply try and provide answers?
0: We don't always have to have the answers yeah at, at all and, and unfortunately this real estate industry has been sort of geared around the factor of that you walk into somebody's home and you give an opinion of price yeah. even though you're trying to inflate it to get their business and then ultimately not writing a check for what comes out of your mouth so therefore you believe that because you have a realtor on your business card is that you need to provide answers around real estate and that's actually not the case whatsoever is that you're just the governing you're just the governing body that is chariot the chariot to the to the next chapter of somebody. Life, so to speak, and you've just got to make sure that it's efficient enough. But getting drawing back to the point, Jason, in all of this is that what's your conversation when you go back to that buyer or buyer's agent once you've gone to the seller and you've recommended no counter offer and ultimately it's a below their reserve price, but knowing that these are the only interested party on the property at this point? what's your what's your likely outcome at this point? Say the seller, they're not, they're not very close to what the seller wants. You know, there's still a, a relative gap. There's a gap that you think you might be able to close, but at the same point in time, you know, it's that added philosophy of that you bring the buyer to the max and you bring the seller to their bottom line only one time and that's your chance to get the deal done. So you don't want to do that too early. So what's your conversation to the agent slash buyer that uh, the second time you've gone back after your journey of discovery?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I think it, it's- it depends on a couple of things. It depends on the dialogue that I had the initial time through, and it depends on the timing through to the auction or how early this offer did come forward because Correct. I might just take the approach as far as, hey, look, guys, the auction's this week, next week, whatever it might be. Can I help you get comfortable with registration, talking through that, which is not... I think that's but probably why, our next why, episode. Why but, we want, but why do we want them to register,
0: So I know that you've just said it's the next episode, and we might elaborate it further, but why would I want them, why would I want them to register versus just increase their offer?
1: Well, I want them to register for a number of reasons. First and foremost is that I don't necessarily want them to know that they're the only offer. Now, they it's may a have a point. strong understanding of that at this particular point because I haven't said, guys, we've got other offers or whatever it might be. And um, registering for the sake of registering, even if you
0: have no intention of going down the path of auction day with them, registering for the sake of registering, I believe, is an incredibly good negotiation tactic because, again, we're using leverage of a, of a date and time and, a, and an
1: event they don't know the, the other participants. I know, I know agents that register everybody that uh, places an offer. You must register for the auction. Yeah, and that, like and, that. and that's their just their program as far as, hey, you know, we're going to take your offer to the client beforehand. And Anybody client specifically you want to mention so that the group could reach yeah, out to perfect. them and have so, a conversation? Well, it's a, sure. Lana Wu up in Canada yeah. registers every single buyer that places an offer on their property. For her
0: auction debt. That's that's and and guys, I want to give you an understanding of that. Is that you know, um, for the Harcourts people amongst us here in the United States, you understand the evolution that we've taken in order to have that that virtual side of what we offer in the live streaming, as well as the opportunity to bid live or wherever it may be. Is that Canada had um, a number of auctions the other day. I believe the number was five or they six. Had five auctions. Five auction, auctions. And they had
1: seven registered bidders. Yeah,
0: seven registered bidders, guys. And we had um, we had two people going at it on our bidding app, whilst we had live bids in the room as well you know it was an incredible atmosphere and end up getting two incredible results for those properties under the hammer at auction as well and for those of you that are here in the united states having having bidding at an auction is a is a difficult part of of what we what we offer as more and more people get used to it however i believe that it's a mental
1: set for
0: look, most people
1: and, and and this needs to be the next episode because I argue that to a certain extent I don't think registering people to, to bid is difficult at all I I, I really don't but, but that's a, a, another another time and, and we can talk about that but to come back to the initial question there Ben as far as what's that backup conversation the follow up conversation sorry again depending on the conversations I've had beforehand are they is it an agent that is um, got their walls up is it an agent that I've got really good dialogue with so that I can push or be not a little bit more transparent with but a little bit more open as far as hey look I need I need I'm relying on you for these things, okay? Hey, my seller is looking at these particular properties. That right now is the curveball in all of this and, and I need to get my seller to focus on a few other elements, okay? So it's, it's really, it's a little bit about them, but also it's a lot about us as far as, hey, look, we need to do this and we need to position that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alternatively, though, again, if there is a large gap, is I need to go back to them and, and not forcefully, but I need to really discover. So, guys, this this level is not going to be a competitive level based on the conversations that I've had and the interest that we've got. Now, again, just because we've got one offer or one registered person doesn't mean we don't have other interest. Did someone come through the open house other than this person? Yes, interest. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a matter of perspective. Mm. So, we've got other interest in this property, and so that's just not competitive. And so, we need to help you be competitive. If this is the right home for your client, you want to get a deal done. I want to get a deal done. Let's have some conversation. Let's have that
0: dialogue again, mate, because I enjoyed that. That was very soft, and I think that it resonated with me just listening into it. Is
1: that, say it again, something about the competitive nature of something like, like yeah, look, that's not competitive, let's help you be competitive? That's correct. Like the level that you're at right now, prior to auction, and even based on the conversations I've had with my seller and with the other interests, is just not at a competitive level as of right now. What I want to do is you want to get a deal done, I want to get a deal done. Let's see what we can do to get your client into a more competitive position based on the market, and also I can get my seller down to a target price as well. Mate, the aussiness really resonates with you at the
0: moment. Get a deal done, hey! <laughs> it's very Australian. Thanks, mate. You want to get a deal? I want to get a deal. <laughs> uh, for those listening that are having difficulty with Ben and I, um, we can get this podcast translated. That's right. It comes in it, it comes in relative English rather than Aussie slang. <laughs> um, but but again, I think that all of these points are appropriate, guys. When we're getting to the next step of things in in respect to going back to the buyer and and getting them to understand that you know I. Really I really think that, mate, just based on this conversation and this will lead us into part three of this podcast is that I think the, the first step in all of this is going back to him saying, hey, guys, look. I think that my seller just needs to see a little bit more of the marketplace in order to make an accurate assessment of where they're at. You've got two options at the moment. You could either increase your offer, but I believe that your second option is regardless of whether you increase or not, we need to get you registered to bid on auction day. would hate for you to miss out. I think that registration element is going to be a key part in this
1: negotiation. Yeah, and I, and I think, and I don't want to harp on too much, but it's okay, guys. I mean, we as agents always defend our sellers, as we should, okay, as we should. But don't justify their price. I mean, defend them, yes. Defend but, them, but don't justify their price. But let's 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 be open with an agent and say, hey, look, our, our seller may be a little bit ambitious. That's okay. Oh, exactly, it's beautiful That's dialogue, okay. that. And so, and my
0: sellers might be guilty of wanting too much, but yeah. hey, I'd rather them wanting too much than too little, and they're entitled to that because it's their biggest home and their emotion has been poured into it. Biggest asset, I should say, and their emotion has been poured into it. So please excuse me as I bring them a little bit more back to reality, but they're allowed to be emotional about it, so just forgive them for a second.
1: Exactly, I mean, when was the last time, and I'm asking agents out there at the moment, when you were presenting an offer on another property when you were representing a buyer, and the agent actually opened up to you about that, as opposed to being, oh no, look, my seller's got this price, they're firm. You know, they're looking at these. It's comp- just, just bang bang bang. horrible man. negotiation right there. Exactly. Like right. as soon
0: as you, you it, it, that dialogue in your voice right there, the concept that you just said, it just automatically. And I know we're on a off-putting. podcast, it's just off putting to me. Off-putting. I just it automatically brings my heart
1: rate up, and I feel like I feel like turning around to you and saying. And you, but again, but yeah, then up yours, you, yeah. You, much. And you're then defensive, exactly. Right? As opposed to being, hey guys let's have a conversation. Yep. My seller might want a little bit too much. They may not. We've got a bit of interest in it. What can we do?
0: Yeah, that's, it's, it's a wonderful piece of dialogue, guys. But uh, hey, at the risk of overstaying our welcome on this individual topic and going back and forward too much, I believe it is a great precursor to what will be the next podcast, guys, in respect to registering people to bid and why we do it with only the one bidder itself. Look forward to you tuning in then. And uh, thanks for listening.